With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and... Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. Welcome back to the show. We hope you had a good weekend, whether you were celebrating Easter, Passover, Ramadan, or just, you know, secular relaxation. Anyway, the week is back in full swing, so let's get to grips with the latest developments in China's business scene. We'll be hearing how business is booming for a chip-making giant. A Chinese metals tycoon has gotten into hot water with U.S. authorities. And, of course, millions of Shanghai residents are still stuck in a strict COVID lockdown as the city continues to battle China's biggest outbreak since 2020. Many of these Shanghai locals have been growing frustrated over the financial hub's chaotic restrictions. With all the most important stories, here's your weekly update on the world's second-largest economy. Let's dive straight to the biggest story of the hour, and that, of course, is the situation in Shanghai. The city's municipal market watchdog has warned grocery suppliers not to profiteer from the city's food distribution problems. The news comes as the strict COVID-19 lockdown has left residents scrambling to find enough to eat. Some people stuck at home have benefited from government handouts, but for many residents, the only source of fresh food is now group buying clubs, a pre-outbreak fixture where local community leaders contact suppliers, take orders, and organize transportation. However, multiple Shanghai residents have complained about both the quality and the price of the food that has been available for delivery. One resident said that a package of various vegetables available for delivery was priced about twice the pre-outbreak price. The market regulator said suppliers for group buying clubs should set prices in a reasonable and honest way. Details about the food on offer, including the price for each product, should be made available and no hidden fees should be levied. And that's not the only thing getting Shanghai residents frustrated. It seems that even after recovering, the nightmare doesn't end for many of the metropolis's COVID patients. A number of them have been unable to return home. As a reminder, according to the city's COVID control guidelines, anyone who tests positive must stay 14 days at a centralized quarantine center. After that, they can self-monitor in isolation at home for seven days. However, Caixin has learned that several patients have been prevented from entering their communities and forced 
to spend the week-long isolation at a hotel at their own expense after release. Some communities refused to take in discharged patients on the grounds that there were still positive cases in the community. One recovered patient, surnamed Zheng, told Saijin that she had spent five days in Shanghai waiting for news on her return home. According to Zheng, in the end, she had no choice but to take the bus to an isolation hotel arranged by the hospital and start a seven-day self-funded isolation. As she put it, it's not that I can't afford it, I'm just not reconciled to it. It was a waste of time and energy to try to go home. Speaking of lockdowns, a new study has offered striking insight into the potential heavy economic costs of such large-scale COVID control measures in China. This is all based on what five economists from Chinese and U.S. universities have said in a recent paper, The Economic Cost of Locking Down Like China, Evidence from City-to-City Truck Flows. Using real-time truck flow data within the country to measure the impact of lockdowns, the authors estimated that if the four largest cities, Beijing, Guangzhou, Shanghai, and Shenzhen, underwent a full one-month lockdown, the country's real GDP, or inflation-adjusted GDP, could fall 8.6% during that period. Sung Zheng, a co-author of the paper and economics professor at the Chinese University of Hong Kong, told Caixin that this would translate into a 0.7% to 0.75% drop in annual GDP. The study also compares China's lockdown measures with several Western countries, predicting that the economic losses caused by Chinese lockdowns are four times as large as those caused by lockdowns in Italy and Canada. In big business news, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company Limited, also known as TSMC for short, reported a solid uptick in revenues and profits in the first quarter. According to its earnings report, in the three months through March, the world's largest contract chipmaker raked in the equivalent of roughly $18 billion in net revenue. That's up almost 40% year-on-year. In an earnings call, Chief Financial Officer Wendell Huang attributed the encouraging financial performance to the strong demand for chips used in high-performance computing devices and automotive electronics. And from TSMC to ICBC, the Chinese banking giant is in the headlines after it put a new executive in charge of rolling out its long-delayed Goldman Sachs wealth management joint venture. According to people close to the matter, Gu Jiangang, the would-be head of the Goldman Sachs ICBC venture, stepped aside. The exact reason behind the change isn't clear, yet there has been speculation that it may be linked to the investigation on violations of two former ICBC wealth managers, both of whom reported to Gu. Gu's duties were assumed by Yin Zhongjie, Deputy General Manager of ICBC's private banking department, Caixin learned. ICBC is the world's largest bank by assets. The lender is far behind schedule in forming the new venture with Goldman Sachs Group Inc. In big energy-related news, Industry experts say that China may have to pay nearly $100 billion more for purchases of fuel this year. That's due to the surge in global prices. The country is, of course, the world's largest importer of crude oil. Industry experts who spoke at the 2022 Oil Market Development Conference in Beijing last week said that the price jump is likely to squeeze profits in downstream industries such as refining, chemical production, and textiles. 
the additional $100 billion in cost was estimated by Wang Nengquan, the chief economist at Sinochem Energy, who spoke at the event. However, Wang provided the caveat that the figure could change depending on movement in the benchmark price. Let's turn now to Yu Kun Zhang, Taishin Global Financial News reporter. Welcome back to the show, Yu Kun. And uh, I understand you've been covering this new Chinese proposal about NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which are all the rage in the crypto world. But I thought that all this stuff was already banned in China, no? While China banned the mining and trading of cryptocurrencies, it has allowed a limited NFT market to operate. Big tech companies, including Ant Group and Tencent, launched NFT trading platforms. But some have started calling the NFTs sold on their platforms as digital collectibles, following Beijing's crypto ban, and said that these collectibles cannot be resold, which leaves very little space for speculation. Yukun, could you tell us what you think may have prompted this proposal uh, with, with NFTs? Sure. The three associations that drafted the proposal, the National Internet Finance Association of China, the China Banking Association, and the Securities Association of China, said that NFTs have given rise to financial risks, including speculation, official documents in the future. So I guess that's the end of that. Anyway, uh, short and sweet, thank you so much for joining us. Sure, thank you. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Lisin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the other podcasts on the Seneca Network, like China Stories, featuring the best writing on China from around the web, and the China Sports Insider Podcast. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for our daily China Access newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.